0: firepower for Ukraine. We will be supplying Ukraine with anti-tank weapons systems and upgraded ammunition.
1: Canada takes a stronger stand against Russian aggression following the money. They have almost half a billion dollars invested, last time I checked, in oil and gas companies based out of Russia. How B.C.'s public sector pension funds are propping up Putin's regime and carjacked how bystanders came to the victim's aid, and where the suspect is now.
2: You're watching Global BC. This
1: is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Sophie is off tonight. For the first time since Russian troops crossed into Ukraine, representatives from the two countries met face-to-face to discuss a possible ceasefire with no meaningful agreement so far. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, meantime, is taking a harder line on Russian aggression, giving Ukraine tools to defend itself. Aaron MacArthur has the latest.
3: Across Ukraine's
4: largest cities, the assaults continued. Russian missile strikes documented in Kyiv and Kharkiv. Five days into the invasion, Russian troops continue to push deeper into Ukrainian territory. But any progress opposed. By regular army troops and a mishmash of armed civilians. The stalled advance, combined with crushing economic sanctions, enough to draw Russian negotiators to the table. A meeting held near the Belarusian border, not amounting to any hint of a ceasefire yet, but more talks are planned. I do not have a lot of optimism for these talks. A ceasefire is always the first step. But ceasefires could also be used to uh, give a pause and an opportunity to rest and rearm. Russia's economy on the brink of collapse. Canada continues to push for more harsher sanctions. The finance minister announcing suspension of oil imports from Russia and further restrictions on Russian capital. The Russian central bank stripped of any ability to trade foreign currency. And Russian banks have now been barred from the swift financial system.
3: To our Russian counterparts, who are today struggling vainly to prop up a ruble in free fall, let me say, we warned you.
4: The sanctions, not the only support Canada is offering. Further shipments of military hardware have been approved. Canada sending missiles... And anti tank
0: weaponry to Ukraine. We will not look to provoke. We will not look to escalate. But we will stand in defense of the values and the freedoms that Canadians and Americans and Europeans and people around the world have fought for and fought to preserve.
4: Ukraine's Ministry of Defense reporting missile strikes across all major population centers Monday night. Kyiv's mayor urging residents to shelter in place. The new wave of assaults adding to the hundreds of thousands of refugees already pushing west towards Ukraine's borders.
1: Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Support is pouring in for local Ukrainian businesses and restaurants as the situation remains uncertain for their loved ones back home. The kind words and unexpected boost in business is important for many Ukrainian Canadians. As Kamal Karmali tells us, the support makes
5: them feel less alone. Support for this Ukrainian restaurant in East Vancouver has been rolling in. Kozak Eateries has quickly become the hottest place in town, and it's all about one thing.
6: Support, 100% support. We have to support. We thought it would be a good chance to come out
7: and
8: show our solidarity with the Ukraine.
5: Just ask owner Irina Karpenko.
8: That's more busy than Easter and Christmas. Uh, So we had lines, uh, all the tables were booked.
5: On this day, she's actually celebrating her 10-year anniversary since arriving to Canada from Kyiv. But for her, it's anything but a happy occasion.
8: The village where I grew up is pretty much burnt out. Nothing had left.
5: Her entire family still in Kyiv. Communication is limited.
8: My sister, my nephew, all cousins, mom, dad, friends. Everybody. I don't know if they, like, at this moment they're alive. If I'm going to lose them. And I can do nothing.
5: There's been a desperate push to bring families from Ukraine to Canada. Monday, Canada's immigration minister announcing 4,000 Ukrainians have been approved to make their way to Canada since the Russian invasion began. And for those who are already here...
4: We've made the decision to extend temporary status and issue open work permits to Ukrainian visitors, workers and
1: students who are already in Canada.
5: Immigration, Refugees and Citizenship Canada tells Global News it has already prioritized residence applications for Ukrainians who have family in Canada. But for Irina Karpenko, she still hasn't gotten a clear answer if her family in Kyiv is eligible. And so what's your message to the Canadian government?
8: I'm family. I can give them everything as long as they're safe.
5: In the meantime, as the customers keep dishing out their support, she plans to take the extra dough and donate it to those who need it back home. Kamal Kermali, Global News.
1: And as the conflict continues in Ukraine, a petition is gaining attention here in B.C. It's calling on the public sector pension plan to divest hundreds of millions of dollars from RUSSIAN INTERESTS. RICHARD Zussman HAS MORE ON WHAT THAT MEANS.
9: IT'S AN IDEA BORN 8,500 KILOMETERS AWAY FROM WAR. B.C. PUBLIC SERVANTS PUSHING TO DIVEST ALL INVESTMENTS IN RUSSIAN COMPANIES IN THEIR PENSION.
4: I'M WILLING TO TAKE THE LOSS ON THE INVESTMENT uh, BECAUSE UKRAINES ARE LOSING SO MUCH MORE THAN THIS.
9: An online petition is being shared pushing for the B.C. Investment Management Corporation to get rid of Russian assets. That includes more than $100 million tied up in Spare bank, $84 million in Luke Oil, $32 million in Rosneft Oil, $30 million in Alrosa, and nearly $20 million in Gazprom. In total, there are 18 Russian companies totaling more than $450 million in pension investments.
8: I think it's
1: very, very important that we divest ourselves in a responsible way from those kind of investments to ensure that we're not aiding and abetting Putin and the oligarchs.
9: The fund is independent from government and so far unwilling to divest, saying these companies make up just 0.2% of the fund. But the B.C. legislature Uh, unanimous in its opinion.
10: This is something we would want them to act upon, but we would not want to interfere in a fund that is designed to protect trustees and pensioners.
9: Last week, the B.C. government told B.C. liquor stores to no longer stock Russian products. The question is, what's different about that decision and the decision around investments in Russian companies?
3: B.C. liquor, that is ours, right? They, it's a service provided by the government and we have direct control. The uh, the investment uh, corporation, uh, BCI, is, uh, is separate from government. They're arm's length from government.
9: But there are potential long-term impacts like the impact international investors had during apartheid in South Africa.
11: But it
2: did have a gradual and, uh, you know, uh, impactful effect on the South African economy. Um, But as I say, this thing would, would take time.
9: But for Dell, any impact, either short or long term, is better than knowing that even a single of his dollars went to supporting Putin and his friends. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria.
1: In domestic news now, it was a violent weekend in Vancouver with several unsettling incidents, including a carjacking on Sunday at one of Vancouver's busiest intersections. That's where we find our Grace Key tonight. Grace, this happened at Canby and Broadway at a time when there were a lot of witnesses.
5: That's right. Their alleged carjacking happened at about 8.30 Sunday morning, just at the very busy intersection behind me. Thankfully, a lot of people did come to the woman's aid just after the terrifying ordeal. So it all began after the 58-year-old female driver, a food delivery person, stopped for a red light when a man got in through the passenger side door and allegedly tried to push her out. There was a bit of a struggle, and the woman appears to have been dragged part of the way through the intersection
12: and there was a struggle um, allegedly as the suspect tried to push her out there was and because there was a bit of a struggle uh, the car was set into motion um, while the driver was still belted in because she had her seatbelt on Um, so um, we believe that uh, she either fell or was thrown from the car we're not exactly sure at this point Um, but she was dragged uh, or pulled part of the way through the intersection
5: So 48-year-old Chad Ayukawa, he has been arrested and charged with robbery, assault and driving offenses. As for the female victim, uh, she did sustain some serious injuries, but they are non-life-threatening. Chris?
3: All
1: right, good to hear that. Thanks very much. That's Grace Key reporting live for us in Vancouver. And charges have now been laid in a violent crime spree on Saturday that terrorized women in Vancouver's Fairview neighborhood. The women were all attacked by the same man who may have been in psychosis at the time, according to police. He allegedly smashed glass and destroyed property, made threatening gestures to a woman and banged on her car, chased joggers and smashed a front door trying to get at them and grabbed another woman by her hair and punched her. The suspect, 38-year-old Cole Stanley Martin, appeared in court this morning, Charged with a number of offenses, including assault, assault with a weapon, and uttering threats, Martin has an extensive criminal history dating back to 2004. Burnaby RCMP are looking for some... Identifying a man accused of voyeurism at a Metro Town business. Police say a woman caught this man allegedly recording her with his phone from the next stall of a changing room on February 11th. The suspect is described as about six feet tall in his mid-twenties with short black hair. He was wearing a dark blue jacket with blue jeans and white runners. If you recognize this person, you are asked to contact Burnaby RCMP. An investigation is underway after a house exploded in Nanaimo last night, completely leveling the property. The rumble could be felt throughout the entire city, even as far away as the Sunshine Coast and many people living nearby are still shaken by what they saw and what they heard. Kylie Stanton reports.
8: This skylight popped right out, landed
7: right here. It left windows and nerves shattered. I have yet to sleep. Uh, I've never seen anything like it in my life. Oh my God, taking in the damage. Oh, look at all
9: the stuff in the tree. It's
7: almost hard to believe. We came outside and we looked and there was house. In the middle of the road. Lisa Cook was watching the news Sunday evening when this happened. All of a sudden this huge boom went off and we were on the ground. Because it blew us off our couch. Like just the impact of it just blew us off. The blast rocked the Nanaimo neighborhood near the 300 block of Pine Street. With reports of it being felt as far away as the Sunshine Coast. The explosion knocked out a near power line and interrupted phone service to the RCMP detachment for roughly 20 minutes. The home now reduced to rubble. It's believed to be a gas
2: explosion, but that's what the investigators will try to find out today.
7: As you can see behind me, investigators are still combing the scene. They have yet to search the basement, but at this point they believe there are no casualties. The neighbouring house, however, did sustain some major damage, leaving two people inside with minor injuries.
2: Two people in there had shards of glass, were struck by that. They were taken to the hospital for minor treatment. Lots of significant damage to, to homes nearby, but no significant injuries.
7: FortisBC BC says the incident is still under investigation. In a tweet late Sunday it wrote the explosion did result in damage to the natural gas meter and gas blowing from it. Our crews have isolated the meter, brought the gas under control and remain on site to assist emergency personnel. I just think thank god there was nobody in there. While neighbors report seeing the odd squatter in the area, the RCMP say the home had been sitting vacant. The last tenants evicted at the end of january that window is broken now residents are picking up the pieces knowing the outcome could have been much worse we were so lucky we were so lucky someone was watching out for us <laughs> kylie stanton global news nanaimo
1: a major change coming up for traveling canadians easing restrictions that made it tougher to feel good about flying what to expect if you're planning a getaway next on the news hour An alarming new report from the International Panel on Climate Change and how a BC artist is dreaming up a better way to care for the planet. That's coming up. And startling research shows a drug that can slow the effects of aging in animals. But will it work in humans? That's coming up later as well. Right now though, a long-awaited relaxation of measures for Canadian travelers tonight. No more government rules about leaving the country and no more expensive tests when you come back. Global Sean O'Shea has more on what you need to know and reaction from travellers.
11: For Kelly Hedrick, travelling to another country suddenly seems less difficult.
8: It definitely changes everything. It's much easier with kids.
11: The federal government isn't discouraging non-essential travel outside Canada anymore and travellers no longer require a PCR test to get into the country.
3: We still have to do the antigen test, but it's less expensive, it's less time-consuming. We have so few vacation days. Who wants to spend that, like, hunting down a test at a medical office?
11: Antigen tests are still needed, but those PCR tests are not. The old requirement kept many travelers from leaving Canada.
3: Definitely,
13: yes. I think, I think we will uh, think less before we travel now. It's easier to just make a quick
10: plan.
11: Gabriel LePage is traveling to the U.S. for a family emergency. He's not entirely sure the changes are good.
10: I'm not necessarily comfortable with the lifting of the restrictions,
11: but at some point we have to move on, right?
3: I think this is kind of a breaking point for us where we're starting to see that light at the end of the tunnel.
11: A light that's expected to drive a surge in travel in time for March break.
3: It's like it's a lot more flexible, I guess.
11: Tara Freeman lives in Boston. She says the Canadian approach to the pandemic is in stark contrast to what she sees at home.
0: It feels way more taken seriously here than anywhere else.
11: Fewer restrictions will likely mean more Americans and other visitors coming here. And a caution, travelers still need to be prepared.
9: No matter where you're going, you do need to be aware that uh, things could change. You need to do your research. You need to make sure that you can get those rapid tests, uh, assuming you don't want to take the more expensive
11: PCR test. It's been a long time since Kelly Hendrick flew anywhere. I was
7: pregnant with him the last time I went on a plane, and he's almost three now.
11: Taking her son Asher for a trip long (laughs) postponed.
3: Grandparents for the first time.
11: Sean O'Shea, Global News.
1: And here's a quick look at our COVID 19 numbers. As always, on a Monday, it's three days worth. Hospital numbers continue to drop. 549 patients are in hospital with COVID now, 85 of them in the ICU. There have been 22 additional deaths recorded. And we have 974 new confirmed cases over those three days. Keith Baldry joins us now. Keith, Ontario is talking about dropping mask mandates. Mm -hmm. We obviously are trending in the right direction here. Any word on what tomorrow's briefing is going to bring us?
10: Yeah, tomorrow's briefing, 1 o'clock. Dr. Bonnie Henry, Health Minister. There will be no new update on uh, easing more restrictions. That's going to come later. But they are continuing to look at key health indicators in terms of relating to COVID-19 t- as sort of a guidance over when we can lift those restrictions. And things are looking very good, quite frankly. Uh, daily hospitalizations are down 41% in just two weeks. Positivity rate cut in half in two weeks. In daily ICU cases, not down as much as hospitalizations, but still trending downward. So the stage is being set, Chris, I think, for these restrictions, which really now only only involve vaccine uh, passports for the most part and mandatory masks on indoor settings. The stage is set for those to be lifted earlier than I think a lot of people had anticipated uh, just weeks ago. I know today, uh, Washington Governor Jay Inslee announcing they're going to be lifting their mandatory mask order much earlier than anticipated. So you've got Ontario, Saskatchewan, Alberta and Washington State. BC basically surrounded now by other jurisdictions that are lifting their health, their COVID-19 restrictions. Again, the stage is set for lifting them here. The next review of the restrictions comes in mid-march just before spring break don't be surprised if we end some of the restrictions at that date
1: all right we will not be surprised the sooner the better for a lot of folks thanks very much keith up next growing concerns about the cost of living households are going to face uh, a lot of pain in the short run the new poll showing how close canadians are to financial disaster and Realtors offer up a better way to buy houses that could cool off those red-hot bidding wars.
0: Two lanes north and
5: one south over here at the Lionsgate Bridge. While well, you have no delays out of downtown Vancouver and no real hold-ups off the North Shore, it is busy across the bridge deck southbound from the north end right through the Stanley Park Causeway. Get best-in-class protection and savings with BCAA Insurance. Learn more at bcaa.com. I'm Trish Wilson in the Global Traffic Centre.
1: Believe BC, featured on Global News Hour at 6, celebrates the innovative minds working together to reignite business throughout our province. Believe BC in partnership with Pacific Blue Cross, flexible small business health benefits for challenging times. Another indication that rising inflation is putting extreme pressure on Canadian families from a new Angus Reid poll. As Krista Dow reports, money worries have many people cutting back on their spending which could ultimately affect the post-pandemic economic recovery.
14: It's hoped that the fifth wave of COVID-19 will be the final wave goodbye to the pandemic. Two years of economic volatility, supply chain disruptions, and plenty of financial stress. The cost of just paying for the staples, food, gas, rent, uh, the cost of heating your home, all of those things have Canadians feeling cost pressured. A new Angus Reid poll showing just that. More than half unable to keep up with the cost of living, especially in B.C. The dream of owning a home here seems way further away than it does uh, in other countries. Add in $1,000 of surprise expenses and half of Canadians say they wouldn't be able to manage. Canadians are also cutting back on things like discretionary spending, major purchases, extra trips in their cars and vacations.
11: No money needed to live in this city
7: is crazy. Entry level housing is crazy. And most people, if they don't have a parent that can help with the down payment, they're not going to have a place to live.
14: The poll comes as Canada's inflation rate hovers at around 5 percent. Economist Brian Yu says while it is expected to be temporary, it does mean difficult decisions for families.
5: Wages growth is around 25 to two to 3%. So clearly prices are running ahead. A lot of this might be temporary and that we're not going to see all these supply chain issues continue over the long term. However, that does mean that households are going to face a lot of pain in the short run.
14: With people possibly spending less, there are concerns around if BC's post-pandemic economic recovery will bounce back. Yu is hopeful, though, and says companies will have to open up their checkbooks.
5: More and more firms will have to pay up in terms of their wage growth due to the fact that they are having a hard time finding uh, workers at this point.
14: And if you're borrowing money to keep up with the cost of living, Yu says expect higher interest rates with the next hike in the coming days. Krista Dow, Global News.
1: BC realtors have now put forward a number of proposals they say will help protect home buyers in this red hot market. As Ted Chernecki shows us, it's an effort to head off provincial legislation that would make it easier for buyers to back out of a purchase.
7: The last offer was a, a house in Ladner and it was small, 1,600 square feet, built in the 1980s, all in original condition. They were asking $1.35 million, which is also a very significant amount of money, um, and it ended up selling for $325,000 over asking, so we weren't even close <laughs> to being in the running. She's a nurse at BC Centre
2: for Disease Control. Her husband's also a professional. They're more than qualified buyers, but they've been trying for eight months to buy a home.
13: We're in a crisis of supply.
2: A new white paper commissioned by the BC Real Estate Association makes 34 recommendations it believes will help cool this heated market. It outright rejects BC's proposal for a so-called cooling-off period where the buyer can pull out of an accepted offer. My worst fear is that it will actually favor experienced buyers with deep pockets because they will figure out how to do this and they will figure out how to compensate for it. And it will really hurt first-time home buyers.
13: Instead of a cooling-off period, we are proposing a mandatory pre-offer period of a minimum of five business days after a property has been listed.
2: That, it argues, would reduce some of the stress that can lead to risky decisions by the buyer. It
13: takes the frenzy and the panic out of the offer situation instead of trying to react in the moment to you know hey we hear there's a huge number of offers i gotta i gotta best this one i've got to i've got to put something in we need a home it's you, you have the
2: time for reflection but others in the industry question how that's really any different because typically a seller lists early in the week has a couple of open houses, and only then, several
7: days later, starts accepting offers. Pretty frustrating for two professionals who've worked hard their whole lives to not be able to afford a house in this day and age. The
2: report also calls for more transparency. Your realtor might tell you how many bids had been made, but you'll never know if the accepted offer was $100,000 or $300,000 more than the second-highest bid. Ted Schirner, Global News
1: up next maybe you can teach an old dog new tricks when you actually look at the data it's quite remarkable the anti-aging drug that works in dogs and might work in humans too and sanctions might sound like a big squeeze on russia but there's one big loophole that won't hurt them
5: Through a busy afternoon commute, traffic is eased off quite nicely now eastbound on Highway 1 through the Burnaby Lake stretch with just some minor delays at merge points like Willingdon, Kensington, and Ghilardi. Through a new charitable partnership between Kermat Cares for Kids and Surrey Memorial Hospital, when you choose Kermat Collision and Auto Glass, you also support the Surrey Memorial Children's Health Center. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center.
1: The company that monitors air travel over Canada is explaining why a Russian jet was allowed to fly through Canadian airspace on Sunday. Just hours after the federal transport minister announced that all Canadian airspace was closed to Russian aircraft, Transport Canada announced Aeroflot Flight 111 violated that prohibition. Nav Canada now says the flight, which left Miami, declared itself a humanitarian flight as it approached Canadian airspace. NAVCAN says its air traffic controllers are required to accept the humanitarian declaration at face value and gave the flight passage. But it says two other Russian aircraft departing U.S. airports that attempted to also declare themselves humanitarian were ordered to fly around Canadian airspace. And an astonishing moment as the Russian ambassador gave an update between meetings at the United Nations today.
8: Would you allow me just a second, because I need to answer this call, please? The Russian ambassador
1: to the UN in the middle of a news conference took a call to find out that 12 of his diplomats are being expelled from the United States.
8: They just visited the Russian mission and and uh, gave, us, gave us a note uh, prescribing us to, uh, to, to do what, what they demand. Uh, no the United States
1: argues the dozen Russians are a threat to national security and not engaged in diplomatic work. Now, because Russia is a nuclear power, analysts say it takes a very measured strategy to deal with Vladimir Putin. Globals and Gaviola spoke to the experts about the harsh sanctions imposed so far and why there are limits to their effectiveness.
3: The Russian ruble sank to a new historic low against the U.S. dollar today. Analysts say it's on the verge of a total collapse, forcing Russia's central bank to step in again, now more than doubling its interest rates to 20%. And Russia's biggest bank is on the brink of failure, though market strategist Carl Shimada says the risk is specific to Russia and Europe.
4: If we do see a collapse, it, it may harm people in Russia, uh, but it is very unlikely to take down or harm the global financial system.
3: Russia's economy is in a tailspin, cut off from the swift global financial network, tumbling into a recession. But business expert Ian Lee says My the sanctions Chinese aren't as harmful as they could be because the they don't take aim at Russian energy exports, which make up a third of its GDP.
9: If there is some Swiss cheese holes or exemptions, in these sanctions and financial restrictions.
4: It can be summed up in a single word, gas.
3: Oil and natural gas from Russia that Europe is dependent on.
4: We may be doing a lot of damage to the population and the Russian economy, but it is not necessarily getting straight to the leader at the top.
3: Portfolios around the world are feeling it. The financial tremors sent stock markets around the world into the red again, but kept the price of oil high. It's expected to keep rising as the conflict continues. Brace for even higher prices at the pumps and more sticker shock on items already reeling from supply chain snags, including food. Personal finance expert Rubina Ahmed-Hawk says volatility will be the name of the game for stock markets.
6: You should be worried about what's happening in the market. You should absolutely have a conversation with your financial advisor. See where your exposure is. See if you're in something that is very risky. Not to sell that uh, investment, but to be able to manage your expectations. The financial assault
3: on Russia has kicked into a higher gear, and household budgets across Canada won't escape unscathed. Anne Gaviola, Global News, Toronto.
1: In Health Matters tonight, researchers at the University of Washington think they've found a drug that could add years to the life of dogs, if not humans. The researchers say early results from tests of the drug rapamycin show the drug slows the aging process in mice and a small sample of dogs by improving some systems in the body. They've now launched a study involving nearly 600 dogs and say the drug could have implications for humans as well because dogs age like humans, experiencing many of the same age-related diseases.
0: You can take an old heart or an old immune system, treat a mouse with rapamycin for eight weeks and see that function improve. I know it sounds a little bit like science fiction, but when you actually look at the data, it's quite remarkable. You can
1: Remarkable indeed.
0: And just ahead,
1: finding balance with beads. I'm the turtle, the spirit of creation. A BC artist hopes to capture the spirit of the animals she creates. But first, a dire warning about the planet and all the creatures who live on it.
2: You're watching
1: Global News Hour at 6. A new United Nations report measuring the impacts of climate change is laying out just how small a window remains for countries to act to prevent potentially irreversible effects. Global's Kyle Benning has the details of this dire warning.
12: The effects of climate change were all too real in Canada last year. Flooding, wildfires and droughts. According to a new United Nations climate report, that could be the norm if nothing changes.
3: And the window for action is rapidly closing and we really need to start taking action today because every choice could either take us closer to or further away from a climate change resilient future.
12: Sherry Lee Harper is an associate professor at the University of Alberta who helped author the report. THE INTERGOVERNMENTAL PANEL ON CLIMATE CHANGE REPORT SAYS IF THE EARTH'S TEMPERATURE ADDS ANOTHER 1.5 degrees CELSIUS, SOME MITIGATION FACTORS WILL BE USELESS. THE RELEASE COMING WITH SOME STRONG WORDS FROM THE UN'S LEADER. THIS ABDICATION OF LEADERSHIP IS CRIMINAL. THE WORLD'S BIGGEST POLLUTERS ARE GUILTY OF ARSON ON OUR ONLY HOME. THE REPORT WAS THE SUBJECT OF DEBATE IN THE HOUSE OF COMMONS MONDAY AFTERNOON.
5: THE PLANET IS ON FIRE. Why is he letting the big oil lobby lead him around like the, by the nose when he should be standing up for Canadians and standing up for the planet?
0: Now I would remind him that through carbon t- carbon pricing we went all the way to Supreme Court. All the way to Supreme Court against four- Mr. Speaker, including his province and my own, to fight to ensure that we can use one of the best tools to fight climate change.
12: The report identified 127 risks to future generations if the planet's temperature continues to rise. Those range from mental health to natural disasters to food and water security. And those most at risk are people of lower income and less access to resources.
3: Food security is a lived reality for Indigenous people across the country, and we know that will only Uh, exacerbate unless we take
12: action. The panel noted stronger actions to combat climate change have to be taken before it puts nearly half of the world's population in a vulnerable position. Kyle Benning, Global News. The
1: numbers are pretty shocking. Every year in B.C. an average of 2,700 pedestrians are struck by a vehicle and 52 of those people are killed. To help reduce that number, RCMP, ICBC, Fraser Health and several other agencies and volunteer groups have launched a safety blitz in Surrey. The message is pretty simple for drivers. Slow down and be aware of your surroundings, especially at intersections and especially
14: We see an increased number of collisions involving pedestrians around intersections, specifically when drivers are making right and left-hand turns. So just take the extra time, make sure you are doing your shoulder checks, uh, being aware of pedestrians, as well as things like putting your devices down.
1: Just last week, a 23-year-old pedestrian was struck and killed in Surrey. The number of pedestrian fatalities in B.C. increases sharply, in the fall and winter months when it is dark and rainy and we have had our fair share of that last couple of days we'll bring in christy right now for a look at some sunshine in the forecast thankfully christy
6: Yes, but you have to wait a little while, unfortunately, Chris. So I've got my rain slicker on for a reason. There is a rainfall warning, although it's not a complete soaker for all regions. But overall, the next couple of days uh, looking gray and wet. Here's a look at the warning. So uh, it's in place for the Fraser Valley now and then Victoria up towards Nanaimo. So another 10 to 20 millimeters. And this is really just for the evening hours, although the rainfall warning will likely ease as we head through the overnight period. We're still expecting wet conditions into tomorrow. and. We we have a winter storm warning in effect for uh, Rogers Pass as well as Pulsum Summit to Kootenay Pass. So those are significant snowfall totals. And then the big concern as well is tomorrow we're going to see a warm-up. Now, not all areas in the mountain passes will likely transition to uh, rain, but most will. And during that transition, there's also a risk of freezing rain. So terrible driving conditions over the next 24 hours. Travel is expected or is recommended to be avoided. Here's a look at the rainfall across the region. We are very lucky. The bulk of that atmospheric River targeting areas just south of us but certainly the impact was here but just not that heavier rainfall that we could have seen. As we head into the next little while we are going to continue with that rainfall as I mentioned. We are hoping for some dry patches tomorrow especially later in the day tomorrow. Possible breaks of blue sky but overall it's the next tomorrow Wednesday and Thursday. It's the type of day where you need to keep your rain slicker handy just in case because it will come and go. The good news is it is very mild so we're talking about 5 to 6 degrees above seasonal in the interior. Uh, a couple of degrees above seasonal for our region so a high of 12 degrees tomorrow for our area is quite sensational so it's a mild wet pattern over the next little while as we continue with this flow from the west. But as Chris mentioned and you were right yes some sunshine in the long range and hopefully that uh, continues to be the case as we had throughout the week. It would be nice to have a little bit of sunshine certainly Friday and into the weekend. Tonight central windows weather window comes to you from Tofino. This is from over the weekend when we did have the sunshine and Brian captured this scene and I have a feeling this guy's saying, "Hiya." Uh my little guys in Taekwondo and uh, I hear that a lot around the house right now. I'm pretty sure that that's what he's saying there.
1: That is pretty cool. I can't Is he jumping up off of something? <laughs> what is happening there? I can't even Yeah. It's like he's walking on water or flying above water.
6: I Hmm. I think that maybe the tide had just come in. I, you're right. It yeah. looks like it would be deep water, but I don't think it is.
1: Brian is magical. Whatever is going on, He's, that's a very good shot. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm glad we got the we got the crew together here, with the exception of Sophie, who was great, and some <laughs> of the folks from the morning show, Paul Heysem, and the rest of them. This past weekend, as you know, Global BC hosted the 56th annual Variety Show of Hearts Telethon. It was full of surprises. We had musical performances. Most importantly, we had Amazing children who shared their stories of being supported by variety because of donations from viewers like you, and after all of those donations have been tallied, we now have a final total to announce and Boy, it gives me great pleasure to say that this year you helped us raise nearly seven million dollars, six million nine hundred thirty six six hundred twenty one dollars to be precise for variety the children 's charity. What an amazing total that is, and we want to thank you so much bc for always helping us out you help make brighter tomorrows for bc's kids with special needs for sure it was fun to put that together
0: they never fail to come through
1: they never do never no
0: bc never fails all the way back to when we started the telethon so many years ago
1: yeah and it was it's cool to have it back in the studio here a little bit to capture a little bit of that energy but um Uh, yeah, things went really well on the weekend. Not going so well tonight for the Canucks.
0: Well, I mean, yesterday, a lot of people thought, well, maybe the Canucks won't be able to beat the New York Rangers in New York. The Rangers are a good team. Thatcher Demko was brilliant in the first period, and the Canucks went on to a 5-2 win. Today, they took a bus to Newark, New Jersey, against a lesser team, the Devils. We'll show you how that's going. It's not going well. <laughs> and uh, Russia has been dealt with by two major sports organizations. FIFA has suspended their soccer team from World Cup qualifying. And Russia was still involved in World Cup qualifying. And the International Ice Hockey Federation has reacted to Russia as well.
1: This is bigger than sports, obviously. Also tonight, a BC artist puts her own twist on dream catchers, helping us connect with the animals that she creates. That's next. I sound like I'm misspeaking when I say it's a huge battle in New Jersey.
0: That's pretty good. It's
1: a huge battle.
0: That's pretty good. And the drummer's back. Well, that's excellent. He's been in Beijing for a while. He's been in Beijing for a while, working over there, but he's come back and helped us out in the show. So, uh, tonight in New Jersey, it is brother against brother, Quinn and Jack. But during their career, Quinn Hughes' teams are 0-3 against teams where his younger brother has played for. And... They have some side bets going into tonight's game, which featured the return of Yaroslav Halak as a starting goalie for Vancouver. Now, the last time he started, you might remember, it was ugly. Five goals on 12 shots against the Islanders. There's the older brother. And there's the younger brother, who actually has been playing very very well of late, Jack Hughes. So well, he scores in this one. This is a bad pass by OEL. You don't do the spin around back pass in the other team zone and get caught up ice. And look at that shot by Jack Hughes. That's a laser beam. Can't blame Halak on that one. So it's one nothing for Jersey. Nils Hoaglander with a chance. Nico Dawes the save and another save. And then shortly after that, now Tyler Myers gives it away. And this ends up being a goal for Yegor, Sharon Golvich. So now it's 2-0, and Jack Hughes got an assist on that one. Power play, still in the first period. Devils again. Dawson Mercer, yep. Beats Quinn Hughes to the post and beats Halak, who seems to be swimming around there a bit. 3-0. Second period the silly pod calls and tips in this shot so maybe maybe there's a chance the canucks get back in it no this is a horrible goal on halak too deep in the net yes for with the goal there yes once again just like against the islanders you can change his name to yaroslav Shalak. That one goes in off a Canuck, Luke Shen, so maybe not his fault there. But then Jesper Bratt scores there. That's it. Well, your night off is over. Thatcher Demko, get in there. Six goals against. Canucks do get one back before the end of the second. It's Tanner Pearson, but in the third period, it's still 6-2 for the Devils. The International Ice Hockey Federation has banned both Russia and Belarus from all competitions until further notice. Also... They have taken away the World Junior Tournament that was supposed to be in Russia starting this December. I want to show you this. Manitoba moves forward, Jeff Malott, Scoring the shootout winner, but now watch this. Doesn't celebrate, just leaves, Like a boss. I know I was going to do that. Now just open the door. Wow. I got to take a shower here. <laughs> that looked coordinated with the guy who operates the boards. Uh, FIFA has suspended Russia from international soccer until further notice, just like the IIHF. Russia has a world qualifying World Cup qualifying match, make that on March twenty fourth against Poland. But Poland had already said it would not play any games against Russia. Now the feeling is the Russian Soccer Federation likely will appeal this decision. The Russians have qualified for eleven World Cups during their history. How World Cup qualifying will be altered because of the Russian suspension, that is yet to be decided. Of course, the Champions League final has already been taken away from St. Petersburg, Russia, and moved to Paris, France. Well, yesterday, Kamloops' Kelly Olenek was a Motor City hero, scoring the winning basket at the buzzer in overtime for the Detroit Pistons against Charlotte. Now, Olenek has played nine seasons in the NBA, but he has never been the man who who've made, or who has made, I should say, the last shot until last night. And even though he's a big man, his father, for years, taught him how to shoot. He can shoot the three. He can hit the J. He's not just a guy who plays underneath the basket. There he is, Kelly Olenek. Good BC boy, the hero in Detroit. Okay, that's all I got. I I I, I, there's something wrong with my tongue. i got to get that checked out.
1: It was kind of the, kind of the fadeaway in the corner shot, just like the raptors used to win.
0: Not quite as dramatic, but close. Close. Yes.
1: All right, a BC woman capturing the spirit of the animals she creates with her art. Next. A Kelowna indigenous artist has reimagined dream catchers to reflect on our place in the natural world and encourage others to take better care of the planet. Global's Sydney Morton visited Nancy Lewis at her studio and shows us how the artist makes her spirit catchers.
7: Bead by bead, Nancy Lewis weaves a story through her spirit catchers that are a twist on dream catchers.
13: My work is more about the stories of the animals that I create. It's about the environment. It's about what it means to be a turtle spirit.
7: Her intricate creations are filled with deep spiritual meaning. The beads and their placements illustrating two souls meeting their mates. The medicine wheel, semi-precious stones, and a prayer.
13: The medicine wheel is all about balance, physical, mental, emotional spiritual. I wove it into the bear is we need balance in our forests and our whole ecological system. Balance for Mother Earth, for the bears, for the whole environment.
7: Each piece Lewis creates is accompanied by a story, diving deeper into the point of view of the animal it resembles.
13: I am the turtle, the spirit of creation, and the creator of Mother Earth. I will show you my ways, my ways to create, as creativity means adapting to new ways. They're all very different from one another. Some are about, you know, the environment and how the animal's feeling about what's going on, speaking to mankind. Some are about, you know, my own belief in afterlife, like soulmates. I believe you live different lifetimes. And then some are about what it means to be the animal spirit because every animal represents a different strength. Like the eagle is powerful and protective. The bear is intuitive and motherly is creative.
7: Lewis is showcasing her work around the valley at Arts and Crafters Markets. For more information about the artist, visit our website, globalnews.ca slash Okanagan. Sydney Morton, Global News, Kelowna.
1: Pretty cool stuff. It's going to be cool to see the sunshine eventually too, Christy.
6: (laughs) Yeah, you have to be patient, Chris. So a couple of days still of showers on the way tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday.
1: Patience is not my thing, but thank you. I'll try Thanks for watching, everybody. Have a great night.